I went down the list of all my character defects, being a liar, being a coward, being passive, having a sense of entitlement, which is tied to pride. All of those character defects I went through one at a time and asked God specifically to have him remove those shortcomings. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage or even if you want to? Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are. Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through a commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Yes, welcome back. It is so good to have you with us again this week. Yeah, and another week of rain. Yes, lots of rain down here where we are. And that's because of what, the El Nino, right? Right, right. They say with El Nino here in the Texas area, it means wetter and warmer through the winter. Which I can take. And uh, it's really good that our animals, even though they're getting kind of soggy, it's not <laughs> it's not super cold for them. Right, right. Nobody needs soggy animals. Yeah, the ponies and the peacocks and our big livestock guardian dog, all hang out in the rain. And it's really weird that they do that, unless it gets too hard and then they come up on the back porch to it's get right. in the rain. And then we've got a whole farm full of animals up on our back porch. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Messy, though. Can be, absolutely. But today we're not going to be talking about animals. We're going to be talking about the seventh step of recovery with Sex Addicts Anonymous. But before we get into our topic today, we do want to share this five-star review from Texas underscore Meg, and she titles this review, Healing is Possible. Hope and healing from infidelity is possible. Listen so you don't have to feel so alone. Signed, Megan. Thank you, Megan, for that review. And thank you that you mentioned that it helps people not to feel alone because that's one of our main goals here. Yes, that's right. And we really appreciate that you would take the time to leave us a five-star review because that helps us get that message out to even more people. And with Apple Podcasts, the more five-star reviews they see, somehow in the magic of podcast universe, it makes us more visible to those around the world. It really does. So you may be thinking right now that you want to stay married, but you don't know if you and your spouse can overcome the devastation of your covenant that was broken by sexual betrayal. You can't imagine your marriage surviving the fallout of this traumatic event. We want you to know you can't do this on your own and you need help. Our coaching program, Beyond Betrayal Breakthrough, will help you and your spouse navigate the pain of betrayal and the feelings of shame, guilt, unworthiness, abandonment, and rejection that threaten to overwhelm you and your spouse. We will show you how to surrender it all to Jesus and give you strategies to learn how to set healthy boundaries, open lines of honest communication, and navigate emotional challenges, and rebuild trust so you can move forward into the new marriage God desires for you. So head over to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com right now so we can help you get unstuck and on the path of healing and recovery 
to experience the wonder of what God has in store for your marriage. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. Okay, so Johnny, we've been going through the 12 steps of recovery through Sex Addicts Anonymous, and we are over halfway now. Right. We've done steps one through six. Today we're on seven. But would you go ahead and just catch us up on the last couple of steps that we've been talking about? This particular grouping of steps is steps four, five, six, and seven. If you recall, in step four, we made a list of our character defects. In step five, we made a list of all of our acting out behaviors that were related to our addiction, and we connected those to the same character defects from the list in step four. In step six, we become willing to have God remove all these defects of character. And that's just a willingness. There isn't anything else that needs to be done in that particular step. But now we're ready to move on to step seven. We do often read from the Sex Addicts Anonymous Green Book of Recovery. And so today, what it has to say for step seven is as follows. The preceding steps bring us to a realization that our character defects, the flaws or shortcomings in our personality, have caused us a great deal of suffering throughout our lives and prevent us from completely aligning ourselves with our higher power's will for us. When we become entirely ready to have these self-destructive aspects of our character removed, we then ask God to do so in step seven. Whenever we ask for this help, we invite God into our lives in a new way. We may wonder why it is necessary to ask humbly. Many of us have confused humility with humiliation. We were more familiar with pleading for or demanding what we wanted than with asking. In fact, it takes humility to ask for help. It means admitting that we are not wholly strong and self-sufficient. It means that we are not too proud or ashamed to believe that we can be helped. Humility is a result of the self-honesty that we have gained through working the preceding steps. It comes from a realistic view of ourselves, a knowledge of both our strengths and limitations. We recognize that our shortcomings are not unique and that we are not better or worse than anyone else. When we live with this knowledge, we do not expect perfection from ourselves or others. We know that we are bound to make mistakes and that we choose to learn from them rather than punish ourselves for them. Humility means being teachable, vulnerable, and open, ready for fundamental change in our lives and knowing that we cannot change without help from our higher power, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. The power of this step is in the asking, not in the result. Asking is a powerful act. It expresses a deepening surrender on our part. The seventh step does not guarantee or even predict an outcome. We have found that God's will for us is usually different and ultimately greater than our own expectations. Simply putting ourselves in God's hands is all that is needed. Change occurs in God's time, not ours. As addicts, we are accustomed to seeking instant gratification, but in recovery, most of us experience gradual improvement rather than sudden transformation. Let's go ahead and pray before we dive into this week's step. Good idea. Father, thank you so much for bringing us to this place now where we have made our lists, we've checked it twice, and we're now ready to come to you and ask humbly, God, for you to remove the shortcomings in our lives. We pray, Father, for your mercy and grace as we place ourselves before you, 
bringing all that we have, all that we've done, and asking you, Lord, to do more with it than we could ever think possible, to do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. Father, we ask you for your mercy as we talk on this subject and your grace as we bring our experience to what this step has done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying for us, Johnny. I really love it when we start out that way. (laughs) So what is step seven of the Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery Program? Step seven states, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Very short and very simple. Sounds simple, sure. But that humbly thing (laughs) could trip a lot of people up. Right. Well, this step right here is a very powerful part of connecting you with your higher power. Mm -hmm. And so the very first part of that says, humbly ask God. And that's a posture with which you come before him. As we heard in the Green Book reading, many of us confuse humility with humiliation. And so this is a perfect place for me to insert some of my definitions. Okay. And what I found in the dictionary was humiliation is the embarrassment and shame you feel when someone makes you appear stupid or when you make a mistake in public. But what I want to say with regard to that is sometimes that someone that makes you appear stupid is yourself. Uh huh. And that taps into that need for acceptance, mm-hmm. that need for admiration, that need for attention. Somehow, if you make a mistake publicly, Others around you may not even perceive it the way that you did, but you internally think, oh my gosh, that was the stupidest thing I could have ever said in my life. Mm -hmm. And then you bludgeon yourself to death in this self-humiliation. Yeah. And I'm sure that as addicts, that's a very prevalent thing in your life. It certainly can be. But you don't have to be an addict to experience that. No, not at all. All of us on one level or another want everybody's approval. We don't want to feel like we've made a mistake in public or want to feel something that we've said is stupid. I mean, take this podcast, for example. I have felt stupid many times when I was (laughs) talking on this microphone, but that's all of self-perception that comes from pride and vanity. And I think in a lot of ways, since you mentioned humiliation and the way that sometimes that you feel talking on this podcast, it brings us to our next definition, which is humility. Humility is the feeling or attitude that you have no special importance that makes you better than others, or just a simple lack of pride. Right, and a lack of pride is sometimes elusive for us humans, isn't it? It is, and there's a big difference between a general sense of being prideful and being proud of something that you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. totally different. And that's not what we're talking about today. It's that sense of pridefulness that is the antithesis of being humble. Right. So that takes us to our third definition, which is what does it mean to be humble? Being humble is having a realistic understanding of our strengths and weaknesses. So as I think about putting all these together, you know, we're not going to dwell in humiliation. That's really the past. In our normal human experiences, we will experience humiliation again, but in recovery, we take what we have done and we put that in the past. Everything that we're doing now is all about moving forward. We've made our lists and now we start moving forward in this process. I'm thinking on my own experience with step seven. 
I came to a place where, as in step six, it says, I became ready to have God remove all these defects of character, and now it's time to ask him to do that. When I looked over the lists and I gained a full understanding of what got me to this place, there was a general sense in myself that I was humbled. Sometimes it was a little bit of, um, I don't want to say self-loathing, but I really disliked myself for who I was, and I was ready to leave that man behind. And would you equate that to something we've talked about before, is godly sorrow versus the sorrow that says, I'm sorry I got caught? I really hope so. You know, in my honesty and trying to be humble before God, I really hope that that was the case. I feel that it was because I remember that moment when we were in church. It wasn't a church service, but it was a prayer time. We were having a three-week period of prayer corporately with the church each morning from 6.30 to 7.30. And I chose this particular three-week period to really work over my character defects. And there was a certain point during this three-week period, I had listed my character defects out in my journal, and I started one by one in my prayer time asking God to remove them. God, I have been such a prideful man. I'm so sorry that I allowed myself to get to this place and I can see how it has hurt myself, and I can see, Lord, how I have hurt others. And I'm ready to be done with this now because being prideful has never served me well. And I'm ready, Lord, to have you remove this from my life. I went down the list of all my character defects, being a liar, being a coward, being passive, having a sense of entitlement, which is tied to pride. All of those character defects I went through one at a time and asked God specifically to have him remove those shortcomings. I can't sit here and tell you that I had this miraculous moment where I got up from my knees during that prayer time and it was all done and I was just totally fixed. But I will tell you that I did get up from my knees with a general sense of it is done. I had completed the task. I did the asking. That's what this step is about. It didn't say anything about humbly ask God in the correct fashion and posture to remove your shortcomings. <laughs> it didn't say, say all the right words and make sure you cover all the bases. Thank you, God. It's just ask. Ask him to remove his shortcomings and then be willing to allow him to do the work now that you've done the asking. Right, because it's not about the outcome in this step. It's about humbling yourself and asking. That's correct, as we read in the Green Book earlier. Absolutely. One of the best resources that I was given from my sponsor for steps six and seven, we put it in the show notes on the episode for step six, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it on that episode. But uh, we've dropped the resource in our show notes, a book called Drop the Rock. And in it, there's a great little anecdotal story that I want to share with you guys today. Here we go. It seems that there was this group of 12-step members taking a boat ride to this island called Serenity. And it was a truly happy bunch of people. As the boat pulled away from the dock, a few on the boat noticed Mary running down the street trying to catch up with the boat. One member said, Darn, she's going to miss the boat. Another said, Maybe not. Come on, Mary, jump! Jump in the water. Swim. Swim. You can make it. You can catch up with us. 
So Mary jumped into the water and started to swim for all she was worth. She swam for quite a while and then started to sink. The members on board, now all aware that Mary was struggling, shouted, Come on, Mary! Don't give up! Drop the rock! With that encouragement, Mary started swimming again, only to start sinking again shortly afterward. She was going under when she heard all those voices shouting to her, Mary, drop the rock! Let go and drop the rock! Mary was vaguely aware of something around her neck, but she couldn't quite figure out what it was. Once more, she gathered her strength and started swimming. She was doing quite well, even gaining a little on the boat. But then she felt this heaviness pulling her under again. She saw all those people on the boat holding out their hands and hollering for her to keep swimming and shouting. Don't be an idiot, Mary. Drop the rock. Then she understood when she was going down for the third time. This thing around her neck. This was why she kept sinking when she really wanted to catch the boat. This thing was the rock they were all shouting about. Resentments, fear, dishonesty, self-pity, intolerance, and anger were just some of the things her rock was made of. God help me get rid of the rock, she prayed. Now, get rid of it. Mary managed to stay afloat long enough to untangle a few of the strings holding the rock around her neck, realizing, as she did, that her load was easing up. Then, with another burst of energy, she let go. She tore the other strings off and dropped the rock. Once free of the rock, she was amazed how easy it was to swim. As soon as she caught up with the boat, those on board were cheering for her and applauding and telling her how great she was and how it was so good having her with them again and how now they could get on with the boat ride and have a nice time. Mary felt great and was just about to indulge in a little rest and relaxation when she glanced back ashore. There, a ways back, she thought she saw someone bobbing in the water, so she pointed it out to some of the others. Sure enough, someone was trying to catch the boat, swimming for dear life, but not making much headway. In fact, it looked like the person was going under. Mary looked around and saw the concern on the faces of the other members. She was the first to lean over the rail and shout, Hey, friend, drop the rock. Wow, that story. I've heard it a couple of times. It gets me every time. It's powerful. It is. I was just thinking as you were reading it, she's trying to swim and reach the boat under her own strength. Right. She was struggling with that burden that she had been carrying. And as soon as she dropped that burden, she was free to swim as fast as she needed to. Right. And it just really coincides with that thought of taking our burdens to the Lord and leaving them at his feet. He says in the word that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Our burdens are not light. No, we certainly have a way of making things much worse than God would ever put on us. Yes. And so I love that story. I like the friends that are shouting to her, telling her, come on, you can do it. Mm -hmm. This is your recovery group. This is our group. When we make the commitment to go to a weekly group or go more than once a week, we get others that are cheering us on and saying, you can do this, but you got to get rid of the rocks in order to keep moving forward or you're going to go down. And that's a brutal honesty. That doesn't mean that they're doing anything bad. They're just holding on to things that they don't need. And again, as the story says, they're on a boat heading toward an island on vacation that's called Serenity. 
Right. And in that serenity is this place of peace that we're trying to get to, but we can't get there when we're holding on to so much of our past. And we find it difficult to live in peace until we do. And of course, the very last part of it is when she got on board, it wasn't missed on me that she wanted to just sit back and relax. Right. We both realize that you can't sit back on your laurels because you've come so far in your recovery and say, it's all good now. This is smooth sailing from here on out. Right. Somebody has to work on that boat and keep it going. Right. And when she looked at the others and saw the concern on their faces, rather than waiting for them to do something, she became the first to start shouting, hey, friend, drop the rock. It's community. That's mm -hmm. how we get through this life. Absolutely. Like we've said before, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. And those that we stay connected with are our greatest allies in trying to overcome the addictions of our past and the past behaviors that once dogged us. Absolutely. So in this step, we are talking about asking God to humbly remove our shortcomings. We have a couple of passages from Scripture that we do want to read about those that would take the bold step to reach out to Jesus for healing. I'm going to start with the first one in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. So here's the word. A woman was there who had been subjected to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? You see people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And from Mark 10, 46 through 52, we read, As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Those are both such great passages. I do want to say right away that these don't directly hit the words of step seven, which says, humbly ask God to remove your shortcomings. But there's a posture inside of this, and there's a manner at which we come to Jesus. And this is what step seven is really about. We come to him in a posture, but then we do something very practical. The posture is humility. And the practical part is telling him what you want him to do for you. And so, Emily, I was thinking one question while I was reading the first passage about the woman. How humiliating would it have been for this woman 
who have been subjected to bleeding for 12 years to come out publicly? Yes, absolutely. I think she was embarrassed and she was very humble because she didn't just step in front of him when he was walking and plead her case. She knew that if she could just touch his clothes, she would be healed. And also, as the blind man was alongside the road, he had to shout out in the middle of everybody, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they were telling him to be quiet. He was not important enough. The master was coming through and he was on his way to do something important. And they said, be quiet, don't bother the master. And he's like, nah, not this time. Son of David, have mercy on me. That's enough for Jesus to stop and pay attention. He's like, call him over. Let's see what he's got to say. And he comes over and says, well, what do you want from me? And the man says, I want to see. Very specific. And Jesus says, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. And from that time, he went on and he followed Jesus. So there's just this sense of humility, yet determined. Being humble doesn't mean that you can't be determined as well. Right. It takes a lot of courage to be humble and ask God for what you want. That's right. It does. You don't have to embellish. You just got to say it straightforward. So here's the hope. When we come to God with humility, he is faithful to bring healing to our lives. And we're so grateful that he is faithful to do the things that we ask according to his will. Emily, would you pray for us now? Yes, I will. Our Lord in heaven, you see how hard it is for us to just be human. We have so many flaws. But God, you made a way for us. And all we have to do is surrender to you. Lord, we pray for humility in our lives every day, that we could strive to be humble in all that we do, not prideful, not puffing ourselves up, not making excuses for ourselves, but to truly see ourselves as you do. You see us as amazing, wonderful, delightful people that you have created, and you love us. So, Father, thank you that you listen to us when we ask and that you give us what we need according to your will. I ask for everyone who's listening today that you would give them the courage to come to you, lay everything at your feet, and then walk with you on a daily basis. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Emily, it's so good to talk about humbling ourselves before God and asking him specifically what we would like for him to do for us. Yes, I think step seven is so rich, not just for addicts, but for everyone. It shows us how we're supposed to approach God and how we're supposed to unburden ourselves from the sins that we have collected over the years. So yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk about this one. I think it's good for everyone to hear. Right. And step seven pairs up really well with step three that we did previously, which says, I turned my life and my will over to the care of God as we understood God. And that's the very first step we take when we give ourselves over to him. But now we've done a few steps in self-reflection to understand ourselves. And now we're going back to him again and saying, I'm ready to be done with this. Please take these from me. Yeah, because he's really the only one who can do it. That's right. In the end, he is it. So in our show notes, we've dropped a link to a questionnaire that will help you determine for yourself if you are a sex addict. If you're currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, keep in contact with your sponsor. If you are not currently engaged in a recovery program and you need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and I can help you get started.
Yes, that's great. And Johnny, do you have a few words you could give us just to wrap this up today? Yes, Emily. With humility as our ally and Jesus as our advocate, we are ready to face the people that we have harmed through our destructive behavior. So until next time, marriage is redeemed, hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who's going through a similar situation and needs to know they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.